All right, Sarah, thank you so much for the testimony. You know, God is uh, enough, you know. Uh, that's uh, It's just amazing to uh, to watch Sarah trust God. And she left out a lot of the, the stories, uh, how her faith was turned into action as well. You know, because not only there was a documentation uh, missing, if you will, but she needed the, the funds as well to make that transfer and they needed uh, you know, a minimum amount. <clears throat> and, and Sarah was a person who wasn't just about handouts, right? It's like, oh, yeah, hey, I have to need everyone, you know, give me, give me. You owe me something. She wasn't like that. You know, she trusted God and she uh, she worked with her own hands <clears throat> and made some uh, delicious cupcakes and uh, went door to door. Yeah. And uh, this, uh, this amazing faith, I mean, this like, all right, I don't know how you're going to get there. I mean, the, it's a couple of thousand dollars, you know. Uh, to do that, but you know we can we can help. We can try to match some of those efforts, and and she went <clears throat> a couple of thousand dollars uh, just doing that. And uh, God's hand was upon it. Why? Because of faith, right? She trusted God. He's like, hey God, if you want to send me to Brazil, you're enough, right? If you would have me here, man, I would be so happy. I would be so pleased. I want to stay, you know, but God, you're enough, right? And God's like, okay, you know, according to your faith, be it unto you. So tonight, uh, you know, again, every time we meet, it's a proposition of faith. It's a proposition of faith, you know. We've been going through the book of Mark, and it's been incredible, isn't it? Uh, you know, I hope you guys are enjoying the book of Mark as much as, as we have, you know. Uh, this past time, we looked at John the Baptist, you know, being uh, beheaded. Right, and this character call was the character call, Herod, right? Herod and, and two very different characters, isn't it? Herod, you know, John the Baptist believed what he believed, right, and was able to, to act upon it even when the pressure is on, right? He, he, he wasn't shy when he saw something that was wrong, even the king doing something wrong, and he pointed it out. Right, to his demise, if you will, because it was God's word. It was God's word, and he, he felt like, hey, you know, man, this, this, this is not right, King, right? And King Herod, <clears throat> I mentioned to the guys, you know, as much as, like, you see what he did, there was a lot of things in that passage that talks about how he listened to John. He was, uh, you know, happy to meet with John. He feared John, Right? But in the end, when it really comes to it, he didn't fear God, right? So when it comes to hard decisions in life, he didn't listen and obey God. And that could be us, right? That could be us. That could be us tonight. And so I, I just want to pray again that, that we come with faith, right? Come with faith, believing what God says, and that, that when that time to make those hard decisions comes, that we would be like John the Baptist, right? And make those hard decisions and say, God, it's, it, you are worth it, you know? And, and not like <clears throat> Herod, right? That had to pay the consequences, you know? Uh, he paid more than half his kingdom in the end. More than half his kingdom. More than half his kingdom in the end. And it was not worth it, right? So let's pray again. Uh, we are in Nehemiah chapter six. Nehemiah chapter 6, but uh, let me pray one more time, and then we'll get into it. Uh, Father, we, we thank you so much for tonight. 
We thank you for the delicious food that was prepared by all the men and women that, that did it. And, and, and Lord, we just thank you for good fellowship. And uh, Lord, we want to trust you uh, to hear from you. And uh, Lord, unless your spirit moves, unless your spirit convicts our heart, uh, Lord, uh, I labor in vain. <clears throat> and so God, help us to be diligent tonight. Help us to hear from you attentively and help, you, uh, help us, most importantly, to listen in faith and, and uh, Lord, that we may be able to make right decisions because our mind is renewed in your image. Now we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so the title of my message tonight is uh, a bit kind of tongue-in-cheek. It's called like a time management killer, right? Time management killer. I thought I just want to be uh, a bit practical here, you know, so, so hopefully get your attention. But it's actually a real uh, title, uh, and there's a backstory to it, you know. So I'm discipling a guy uh, called Nam in Vietnam every Friday. We met for about three years, and and this time it's like, man, I'm, you know, he's he's <clears throat> he's done D1, D2, LFBI, and he's actively ministering, and he's he's feeling the burden of ministry. He's leading a Bible study. He's leading a prayer group. He's actively evangelizing. He's working. He's a student. But how do I manage all of these things? It's like so heavy. And he was asking me for time management advice, right? And so, so I'm like, I don't know, you know, like I was reading Nehemiah chapter six. Uh, that morning, I was reading Nehemiah chapter six. And Nehemiah chapter six has something to say about time management. <clears throat> In fact, it's kind of like time management killers. And so I just spoke to him about Nehemiah, uh, Nehemiah chapter 6, the principles that I found in Nehemiah chapter 6, and my goodness, it was, it was so good, not just for him, but for, for me as well. And uh, he was so excited, he shared it with his roommate, and then he, his roommate actually uh, you know, wrote, it, <clears throat> wrote it down and posted it on Facebook. And uh, it was so amazing. And by the way, Blake, I checked it. He didn't copy and paste from now. It was his original writing, okay. <laughs> Me lack of faith, brother. <laughs> he thought he thought he thought that roommate copy and paste of Namu, but it's his original writing. I'm like, I couldn't believe it because so Nam picked up everything that we talked about that morning. <clears throat> and then this roommate picked up everything from Nam. Does that remind you of something? Yeah, that's exactly it. I was like, oh my goodness. I, I feel like I forgot some of the things that I said, you know? And they picked it up and I was like, wow, man, God, you are so awesome. Your timing is so awesome. Just like Sarah was talking about, the timing of God is so awesome if you just trust him, right? If I didn't went to bed on time and wake up on time, and right? I wouldn't have read Nehemiah chapter six, right? And if I didn't read Nehemiah chapter six, um, I would have uh, nothing to say, right? Other than, hey, man, try your best, try harder, you know, uh, try to, you know, put your schedule, you know, and all, all that stuff, which I'm sure has some, some help, but, you know, truth be told, you know, even if you, you have all the time management skills uh, and, and techniques, you know that it's never enough. It's never enough because sometimes it's not about time management. And we'll see in Nehemiah chapter six that there are more things like distractions, right? So, so like, like we're good about, hey, I got to study, man. I can't come. But actually, when we go back home, we're actually watching YouTube. 
hey, I can't do this, but you know, and then you're doing something else. Why? Because of a notification, right? And then you, you end up talking all night with a friend. You know what I'm saying? Distractions, right? And we also look at fear as well. Fear, fear is a real time management killer, right? Because you want to do something, you want to trust God for something, hopefully big, bigger than you, right? And, and you're like, you can't do it. And so, so when the pressure of like the doing is there, you're like, fear sits, you know, kind of creeps in and you're like, who am I? Who am I to do this work? And then fear comes in and you're like, uh, you know, it, it, it just kind of paralyzes you and you don't know what to do and you, you just don't do anything. So you have everything time managed, everything scheduled, but you're not productive. Why? Because there's fear, right? And fear from internally, fear from externally, and then we'll see there's more fear. And then there's, there's, there's tra you know, traps from the enemy. So we're going to look at all of that tonight. Okay, so I hope you guys are ready uh, for Nehemiah chapter 6. So let's read verse 1 to 2. And uh, we're going to uh, glean from these principles. <clears throat> okay, now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Gershom the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left therein, though at that door time, uh, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gate, that Sanballat and Gershom sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. Okay, so so again, you have these characters, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Gershom. Uh, you know, if you've been following us, uh, you know that they, these are the people that hated what uh, the remnant in Jerusalem are doing. They hate the fact that they are rebuilding the walls in Jerusalem. And the picture of the walls in Jerusalem is a picture of the believer's sanctification. Okay, I'll use another lingo there. Growing in Christ. It's a picture for us growing in Christ. Why? Because the walls that was broken <clears throat> caused the enemies to come in and out of Jerusalem. Uh, basically, you know, enemies that wants to come and steal, come and, you know, uh, murder or do anything, they can. Why? Because, because the enemy is undefended, right? And so we, we know from uh, the book of Proverbs, right, uh, he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls, right? So we can be that, 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 that Jerusalem because our spirit, right? Our wall is, is broken down. So anytime anyone, the enemy, the flesh can come in and just like, boom, attack you and you have no stability in you. You always respond to any issues that come your way because there's just your walls are not there. It's broken. And so the people in Jerusalem were suffering reproach and shame. Okay. And we do that, right? Because, because, because we make bad, bad decisions. Uh, when we allow these different uh, bad influence to come come to us, so these are the characters that we've seen from chapter two onward. They've been trying to just mess up the plan that that Nehemiah had from God, and so there's no surprise here that they they, they do that. We see that they are aware of the progress that was happening. Okay, so they are a picture of the enemy. So the enemy are aware of your progress, that you're doing well that you're doing something good, right? So know that. 
And then, and then what was, was, was the thing here? Uh, verse 2, send Bala and Gershom, send unto me, saying, come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. Okay, so the clue here, if you see Ono, you're like, oh, no. That's already a, a clue for you. You, you don't want to meet. You don't want to meet. Ono is, is enough for you to not meet. Sorry, I got I to gotta go there. Uh, but, but, you know, so you're doing a great work, and yet these people are wanting you to stop the work and to meet. Okay, do you know that there are some invitations in your life that you should say no to? In fact, there are many invitations in your life that you should say no to uh, because they are time wasters, you know, and the enemy does that uh, to distract you. You know, so key point number one, <clears throat> learn to say no to distractions. Learn to say no to certain invitations. You can't, you can't just say yes to everything. Why? Because, okay, time management killer number one is saying, if you're saying yes to something else, even if it was good, right, you're going to miss out something that is better or best. You see, so you have to learn what is good, what is bad. And in this case, it was very clear that it was a bad deal. They were trying to do mischief. And so you got to be aware if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, that you got to be aware there are going to be sand ballots for Bayef and Gershom, right? Uh, if you're doing well, right? If you're building up your wall, you're progressing and you're finally getting stability in your life, that you're overcoming some of the strongholds you have in your life, oh, okay. Then Satan's like, oh, man, got to get some sand ballot over there. Send him some invitation, you know, to some maybe banquet or something. I don't know, right? To plane of Ono, you know. That happens, right? To detract, to detract uh, Nehemiah from continuing in the work. Nehemiah was the leader, right? He was orchestrating all the work that needed to be done on the wall. So, so practical tips, practical tips. We want to be practical. Okay, so uh, uh, four practical tips uh, regarding learning to say no to distraction, right? Keep your vision and goal in mind. Keep your vision and goal in mind. Do you have one? Do you have a vision, right? Do you have a goal for 2021, right? We, we, we did that, you know, uh, in 2020, we, we took time. Uh, to write out the vision that, that, that we're trusting God for. And then there's an there's a overall vision, right? And then there's a personal vision. What is your vision for this year? And what are the goals that will lead you to achieving that vision? Do you have one, right? So keep that vision clear. What does the Bible say, right? It has to align to what the Bible says. Otherwise, your vision is not big enough. Your vision is not big enough. Okay, number two is uh, reduce chaos. Keep two to three important tasks, right? Don't try to do too many things. Uh, Nehemiah, right? Very clear. Build the wall, build the gates. Build the wall, build the gates. That's what he did, right? And, and not overcomplicating things. One of the things that I need to emphasize on. Okay, and then number three, practical tip, be present 100% at every activity that you're doing okay okay i don't know whether that makes sense be present means you are there a hundred percent you're not like 
worrying about something from a different thing, right? Some of you may be here and you're thinking of something else from today, right? Maybe you're thinking of something else you're going to do later on. I'm going to be doing something after this. Okay, does that make sense, right? Sometimes we're there with friends and we're not even really there. And so the time you're supposed to spend time fellowshipping, you're not actually doing that. The time you're supposed to be studying, well, you're not doing that. This time you're supposed to be, you know, doing whatever, you're not present 100% because there's always something distracting you. So be present. Right? So here, within, you know, tonight, since you're already here, be here 100%. Right? Does that make sense? So we've got to learn how to be present and not always bring all kinds of distractions in our life to another meeting, to another activity to another event. That's not productive. That's distraction. You're not going to get things done. You're not going to be there. You're not going to make a good rapport with people because your mind is somewhere else. And then as a result, you're not going to be a good friend because you're not going to be a good listener. And so you're not going to have good conversations. Yeah? Uh, and then um, do the task as soon as possible. Do the task as soon as possible. So the key here is don't procrastinate. And I'm speaking to myself. Okay, I'm preaching to myself. Man, this is a tough one, isn't it? I mean, it's amazing. Like, your productivity just increased when the deadline is closer, isn't it? Like, I know LFBI students, like, man, the night before, man, they're like Phoenix. They can just do everything and finish everything and get done. Man, that's not the best way to learn. And so we got to uh, learn how to plan and, and not procrastinate. Okay, so in Nehemiah as well, we see that Nehemiah divided the task. Right, so learn how to divide the tasks into bite-sized, smaller tasks. You know, if you have like a team and you know setting, mobilize people uh, to do the work. Right, man, a family. If there's things that you need friends to come help, man, mobilize them. Uh, I'm moving, and I'm going to be asking men, especially, to come help me move. Okay, I'm going to be mobilizing. Uh, yeah, and uh, and and also do the smallest to the biggest where possible smallest thing to the biggest thing right because why because the smallest thing gives you some sort of like a like a achievement right like oh man i got that done now i can get this done but when the task is so big sometimes it feels like you're never going to get it done and you get discouraged and then you're like ah i just don't do that right but if you do the smallest to the biggest smallest task to the biggest you, you're going to get momentum and momentum is a good thing Right, so 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 do that. Okay, uh, verse three. Uh, so so verse three, uh, it says, uh, and I sent messengers unto them. So this is Nehemiah responding to those invitation unto them, saying, "I am doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you?" You get that. Right, so so Nehemiah understands his priorities, right? Nehemiah Nehemiah understands his priorities and therefore rejects the invitation to meet. His reason: I am doing a great work. I'm doing a great work. Okay, so so if God is doing something in you and through you, do not let distractions stop you from doing so. Okay, so but great work. Two two questions uh, we, we got to br break down a bit. Number one, 
Are you doing a great work? Can you say that when distraction come your way? Because you may not be able to answer that tonight. Are you doing a great work? Or, or, or I just want to, you know, again, go to YouTube, right? Or do something else. No, he, he rejected the invitation because he knows in his, you know, in his knower, I am doing a great work. So what is a great work? Well, for him, it's building the walls so that they can have stability in their life and to grow, okay? So, so for us in our dispensation, right, there's two great work we can do. Number one is salvation, relating to salvation. What is salvation? Salvation means meaning uh, being born again. Okay, you're like, what, what does being born again means? Being born again means you enter into God's family by grace through faith, okay? By grace through faith, because Jesus Christ has come, right? He has died for the sins of mankind. And not only he died for the sins of mankind, he was buried. Then he rose again on the third day, defeating sin and death once and for all. And so now he's able to give this gift to whosoever that would believe in him. That's a great work. That is a great work. And, and I want to just invite that to, 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 to all of you, right? Uh, you know, one, if you have not received Jesus, as your, uh, Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, man, this is a great work that you, you want to prioritize in your life. You want to know for a certainty that if you were to die tonight, that you would go spend eternity with God. Isn't that a great work? The, the, the greatest work, in fact, that, that great work is already done by Jesus. All you have to do is humble yourself, right? Acknowledge that you're a sinner, and then receive and believe the grace of God, believe the gospel that Jesus died for the sins, he was buried and rose again on the third day. Okay, if that is still not clear, then please, I, I, I beg you, uh, talk to the person that invited you. Okay, like what does that what does that mean? What does that mean? What is what exactly do I have to do? Okay, number two is sanctification. Okay, so to sanctification to be Christ-like, that is a great work. That is a great work. Right to actively to, to be Christ-like is to win people to Christ and disciple them, because that is what Jesus taught the disciples to be Christ-like. The very first thing he did with his disciples, like, hey, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men to win other people to Christ. Because it's a great work. Because because you know eternal life. Is at stake here. Isn't that great? What greater work can you do than to save someone, right, from, from, from the lake of fire in eternity? You know, when Jesus already paid the price, his love was so great that he offered that to whosoever the Bible says. So in order for us to do that, we can't just conjure up. The great work is for us to be sanctified, Right? To, 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 to come to church, to learn, right, from your disciples, man, to study the Bible uh, for yourself and to, to see the reality of God's power lived out like Sarah, her testimony. Like, right, when, when, when things are, man, 
you know, not doing good, man, God, now is the time for me to really trust you. It's easy when, you know, life, you know, when life is easy, it's, it's not hard to trust God. But when life is difficult, you know, man, we want to trust God. Okay, is God calling? <laughs> See, man, timing is perfect. Okay. So, so are you doing a great work? If you, you know, if you're doing a great work, you know, be determined not to be distracted. Okay. So there's all kinds of distractions in our life, and I want you to identify them. Because normally there is a pattern. You know that? We all are very habitual people. And if you are honest to yourself, you can find what are your habits. And then if you are bold enough, man. Tell a friend and say, hey, can you keep me accountable to this? Because I, I can't break this habit. I'm always, you know, doing this and it's just a distraction in my life, right? Uh, there, there are so many distractions, right? Uh, emotional distraction as well. You know, that's, that's, that's really uh, uh, happening in, in Jerusalem. Um, people are being attacked easily. For us, what is that? Being triggered easily. Okay. By, by that, I mean like just emotional distraction. Like someone say something and then that caught you and then now you're distracted, emotionally distracted. It's a real thing. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, let's see. Let's see how, how Nehemiah, uh, uh, well, okay. We've already seen how Nehemiah responded to it. Now let's see what, what the enemy continued to do. Okay. Yet, Yet they sent unto me four times after this sword. Okay, so so not just one time, but many invitations over and over and over again. Okay, so what do we need to learn from this? Remember, the enemy is going to be persistent. It's not a one-time deal only. The enemy is going to be persistent. It says sent unto me four times after this sword. I'm sure, like a different angle. Like, hey, there's food there. Or oh, I don't know, you know, what, what they did there. There's no details. But, but look at Luke 4.13. Just jot that reference down. Luke 4.13. Even Jesus, right, uh, when he was tempted in the wilderness, uh, it says, and when the devil had ended all the temptations, he departed from him for a season. It's only temporary. And then, man, round two, and then round three, and then round four. You see that? So just know that the enemy is going to be persistent. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. And then we're going to be tempted to give up. Like, oh, man, this feels like it's not going away. Yeah, because the enemy is persistent to distract you. You know, I like I like uh, I like the, um, the, the there's this uh, thing that circulate circulate on social media from time to time. It talks about you know life being being hard, right? But but, but check this out, and I'll, I'll make a point here. It says life is hard anyway. Okay, so so it says marriage is hard for those who are for those who are married. Okay, you know marriage is hard, but divorce is hard too. Actually, harder, actually uh, unbearable hard, right? Uh, I've I, I seen it, you know. Obesity is hard, right? But being fit is also hard, right? I mean, man, just all the counting the calories and, 
what whole thirty and uh, there, there's just a plethora of diet stuff that yeah man uh, man I, I don't want to go into. Uh, I feel like I'm a like a side expert because my wife tells me about like oh what about this one you know okay so so choose your heart right being in debt is hard but being financially disciplined is also hard choose your heart right. Communication is hard. <clears throat> Not communicating is also hard, right? Choose your heart. So, so living godly life is hard. That's what we're talking about here. They try to live a godly life, and it is hard. Hard because the enemy continues to attack. But not living one is hard also. Actually harder. Actually really bad. Okay, choose your heart. This is why they are. They, this is why the remnant people in Jerusalem is where they're at. They chose their heart, and it wasn't a godly life heart. It was another heart, and they were in bondage for 160 years in captivity. Tell me, is that hard? That's very hard. Very hard. Oh, okay. So, uh, verse four again. We'll continue. Four B. And, and I answered them after the same manner. Okay, so yet they sent to me four times after this sort. And I answered them after the same manner. So key point number two, learn to say no again. Oh, wow. This is spamming. <clears throat> yeah, we've been having a lot of conference because of that. You know, uh, had a stroke. You know, so we had a, a lot of comments. Please, please pray for my dad. You know, uh, yeah, and, and all the arrangement. Okay, so key point number two: learn to say no again. Learn to say no. No. Okay, let the church say no. 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 Right. No. No. Right. No. Right. No. 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 Right. No. Say no again. Yeah, yeah, let's let's be good at that because really we need to we, we, we are so polite sometimes, you know, and, and and man, the devil doesn't play fair. And you gotta you gotta say no to something so that you can say yes to God. Okay, so let's 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 keep going. Uh, verse five and seven, then sent Sandal his servant unto me. Like in like manner, the fifth time, okay, fifth time now, this time with an open letter in his hand, wherein was written, it is reported of, among the heathen, and Gashmul saith it, that thou and the Jews think to rebel, for which cause thou buildest the wall, that thou mayest be the king, according to these words. And thou hast also appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah. And now shall it be reported to the king according to these words. Come now, therefore, and let us take counsel together. Okay, so, so now, now, you know, they can't do it nicely, right? Because they're trying to do it nicely. Hey, come on, come, come. Right and now is a threatening letter. Right now it is accusations. And allegations, hey, you're trying to topple the kingdom, right? Now, now bear in mind, 
that that Nehemiah was sent by King Artaxerxes, right? Uh, in, in chapter two, he was sent by King Artaxerxes with you know uh, all the, the 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 resources he needed to do the work. Now they are eighteen hundred miles away, so that's like from here to LA. Okay, so it's far away. So what if a rumor and word gets back to the king that that is happening, right? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be like uh, jeopardizing to the remnant in Jerusalem? Wouldn't the, the remnant in Jerusalem that's building the wall, although it's not true, although it's not true, would be afraid. Oh my goodness, what if the king believed that, right? And that will be told. But was that true? It wasn't true. It wasn't true. Right? Do you know that there is a lot of things that the devil try to accuse you and me that are not true? That are not true. You've got to know that. And that, that's what really gets us. Do you know that the name of Satan means accuser? Accuser. He, he, that's, that's who he is. He accuses. Okay? Revelation Chapter 12, you can just jot down the reference, verse 9 uh, to 10. And the great dragon okay, was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation. Uh, this is... Close it for me. Uh, now, where am I? Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of, of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night, guys. Isn't that crazy? That's what his do, that's what he does. That's his specialty. To remind you and me of our past, of our trespasses, right? Of our sins. You're not worthy. You're not worth it. See, like, there you go again. That's you again, right? You're not going to amount to anything. Look at how, how many times you messed up. You know, God doesn't really love you. He loves like other Christians, but not you. Like, and, and we believe that. You know what I'm saying? We believe that because, we, you know, the accusations. And, and, and you know what the best accusations are? The one with a measure of truth. The one with a measure of truth. And we, we, we take that hope, line, and sinker. Okay? Uh, we see that Satan, you know, uh, doing that with Job as well. Uh, does Job fear God for not? Right? Do you think if you take away stuff from Job, and he will curse you, you know? Again, accusing. So I've got a key question for you. What is Satan accusing you today? That's a real question. This is homework, okay? What is Satan accusing you today that has stopped you in your tracks? What is he accusing you of right now? that has stopped you in your tracks, that you believe that lie and not God? 
I got good news. Verse 8 and 9. Then I sent unto him, okay, this is his response, saying, there are no such thing done as thou sayest, but thou feignest them out of thine own heart. For they all made us afraid, saying, their hands shall be weakened from the work that it be not done. Okay, so trying to play the fear card. Okay, practically it means for us, right? From, from verse eight, from verse eight, it means that we have to learn how to cast down all imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, right? We, we must learn how to cast down this imagination, these things that are not true, right? Second Corinthians 10, uh, 10 3 to, to 6, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. It's not a physical fight. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. That's what we need to do. That's what Nehemiah did. That is not true. Do you know that when Jesus, when God sees you, like, okay, there, 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 so, so um, spiritually speaking, he can't see sin anymore if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to that. Okay, I'll come back to that. Because if you die today, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you know what? You're going to go straight to heaven. Why? Because you had an advocate. Right? And that advocate has paid for your sin in full. Isn't that amazing? Like, God doesn't see me or you like we see each other. We see a lot of faults with one another. You know what I mean? We hold a lot of past like stuff on each other. And sometimes bitterness on each other. But God, like, man, he's... He doesn't see that. Now, of course, there is a, there is a, so there's positionally, spiritually, and then there's a positionally, you know, physically, because we're still in the body, right? So, so there's body, soul, and spirit. So I was talking about spirit, but body, you know what, we still also. So hopefully I didn't confuse you all. Um, number two, practical things about, um, uh, about verse eight and nine. Oh, did I, did I miss key point number three? Um, Overcome accusations by prayer and the word. Okay. Overcome accusation by prayer and the word. Okay. So we already talked about casting down all imagination. But the second thing is, yes, you do that, but you also have to believe the word of God say about you more than what you believe in your heart or in your mind. Does that make sense? You have to believe the word of God more than what your heart or mind says. Because your heart is deceitful and your mind changes all the time. And the Bible that therefore says we have to renew our mind by the word of God through the activation of the Holy Spirit obeying. Right? Otherwise, we quench the Holy Spirit and then we don't get the power 
through our time in the Word of God. Okay, this means number three. Okay, this means practical things. Uh, how you overcome accusations by prayer and the Word. This means that we pray that God strengthens our hand, right? That God strengthens our hands because it says now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Strengthen my hands. We, we need God to help us. We can't battle the enemy on ourselves. We can't battle these accusations on our own. It's just too hard. It's just too deep. It's, it's just too piercing. It's just too hurtful. You know, until I, I go to the cross, right? Until I remember the blood that was shed for me. Okay, that grace given to me, I can extend that grace to someone else. Right, the truth of God about me, okay, I can believe God. Because he never lies. Revelations 12, 11 says, and they overcome him, okay, the accuser, by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony, and they love not their life unto death. You see, what has Christ said about you? You know, if you need to know that, read the book of Ephesians, right? Read the book of Ephesians because it will tell you, again, to the reader, right, what the Bible say about you. Let's, let's just read a sample of that to get encouraged. <clears throat> Ephesians 1.3, okay? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, okay? And then, and then verse 7, <clears throat> in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. That's just so much is sufficient. This is why we say the cross is sufficient. His death was sufficient. Christ does not have to die again. That grace was enough to cover. The blood was enough to cover all the sins of mankind, past, present, and future. You see, Christ doesn't have to come back and die again the second time. Check out Hebrews. <clears throat> and then it goes on, uh, semicolon, verse 8, wherein he had abounded to us, toward us in all wisdom and prudence. You see, to be Christ-like. <clears throat> Even if you're a D student or E student, you can be an A student in Christ. Amen. <laughs> the fishermen, right? Unlearned people. The scholars like, man, who are these guys? Oh, they've been with Jesus. Smart people, you know, wise people. So see, see, see. <clears throat> uh, verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. See, there is just so much of that power, exceeding greatness of his power to his work. And that many times is activated by our faith. Do you believe? Right? You, 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 you've been reading the gospel. You've seen what, what was the difference, right, in people trying to, you know, get, get, get a piece of Jesus. What is the difference? What is the difference? His faith. His faith is, is humility, is, is desperate dependency. 
God, if I could only touch the hem of his garment, only do that, I shall be made whole. And virtue came out from Jesus, although many people were drawn in Jesus. You see? How much do you need? As much as your faith would be. How do you get faith? Faith comes up by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That's why you have to get into the word. <clears throat> okay, so so let's let's keep going. Verse 10 to 13. Afterward, I came unto the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Nehetabil, who was shut up, and he said, Let us meet together in the house of God within the temple, and let us shut the doors of the temple, for they will come to slay thee, yea, in the night will they come to slay thee. And I say, should such a man as I flee? And who is there that being as I am would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. And lo, I perceive that God had not sent him, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me. For Tobiah and Sambal had hired him. Therefore was he hired that I should be afraid and do so and sin, and that they might have matter for an evil report, that they might reproach me. Okay, so it's a trap. Okay, it's a trap, right? So the, the enemies leave no stone unturned. Right, the, the enemy leave no stone unturned and they don't play fair. Right, we already know that. Okay, this time their, 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 their tool of choice is to hire these prophets and prophetess. Okay, actually, I didn't read verse 14, prophetess as well. My God, think thou upon Tobiah and Sandal according to these their works and on the prophetess Nodiah and the rest of the prophets that would have put me in fear. So not only one, but a prophetess and prophets as well. And verse, verse uh, 10 was just highlighting one of them, one incident out of all. You see, the enemy not playing fair, right? So Shemaiah was highlighted in the passage. It seems that he has value to Nehemiah because Nehemiah visited him. His house was shut up, the Bible says, perhaps giving the impression maybe he was meditating, or you know, he was consulting with God, or maybe to give Nehemiah the impression is that, oh my goodness, they're coming, they're coming. Let's shut up the, 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 the doors of his house. Okay, so the advice was to ask him to hide in the temple and lock the doors because they were going to come to kill Nehemiah at night. Now, just on the surface, like that sounds reasonable if that was. True, of course, but that sounds like reasonable. Hey, man, they're gonna come kill you. Let's go to the temple and we can pray and sing praises and let's shut the doors, right? It, it sounds reasonable, but it's a trap. It's a trap, okay? Uh, why? Because the people needed Nehemiah's leadership. The people needed Nehemiah's leadership. You know, don't, don't forget in chapter two. Uh, when we were looking at uh, Nehemiah chapter 2, um, it was Nehemiah that, that motivated them and inspired them to build the wall. 
for many, many, many years. I mean, they knew what the problem is. They lived with the problem many years, but they just couldn't do anything. But it took one person with faith, right, and enough faith to put into action, to risk his life, to come, and then to inspire people to build the wall. That's what he did. Check, check me out. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 18. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me. He told them, God is with me. And now, what? You're, you're asking me to go and hide in the temple? How, how, would, how would people take that when they need leadership? Okay, so, so Nehemiah made a hard call. He discerned that this action would cause him an evil report. We see that in verse 14. Or rather, verse, verse 13. And, and then and the team to fear more and more and lose faith and momentum, guys, is very important. And clearly, you know, the enemy wants to take down Nehemiah, their leader. When you take down their leader, the, the, the sheep scatter. Right? But Proverbs 28, uh, verse 1 says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as lions. Isn't that a, a, a good, good verse right there? Man, it's nothing to be afraid of. You know? And uh, so, key point number four leaders, be bold to make hard calls to follow God. Okay, leaders, be bold to make hard calls to follow God. Sometimes you don't even have all the data. Sometimes you have to make hard calls to follow God. Right, the sheep needs the shepherd to make hard calls. You know, I remember, uh, I mean, of course, this is no, no you know, uh, everyone is familiar with COVID, you know, <laughs> we live in it. You know, just a year before, I mean, oh my goodness. And, and, and the months leading, you know, to, you know, every month, every week, it seems like, man, just more and more different things come up, right? You can do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can do this, do this. And then there's more fear and like the numbers like, whoa, and then all the news, I mean, just fear everywhere. You remember that? And it's still, still today in many countries. Uh, we're very lucky or blessed in Kansas City, by the way. Uh, in, in my in my country, I mean, you, you have to still get go to the police station to get permission to travel interstate. It's crazy, you know. But 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 we as a pastoral team, man, we had to make some hard calls. And can I say, you know, they are not popular call, calls, you know, because people are, 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 you know, you can see it both ways, right? Oh, why are we meeting? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Why are we not doing Zoom? Why are we doing Zoom? So there's just so many opinions during that time, right? And you get challenged, like, oh, I don't know, man, whether that's good. That you, know, you, you remember that? Maybe maybe you're still experiencing some of that. But I remember we had to make some uh, some some hard calls, and we perceive that faith and assembling together has to be priority. Faith and assembling together has to be priority. And I'm not saying take unnecessary risks. Okay, please hear me out. Right? We, we, we did Zoom. We did all that too. But I can tell you that as a whole, we were more bold. We were more bold. 
And uh, I, I can tell looking back today, it was worth it. Looking back today, it was worth it. Do you know, do you know thousands of churches and ministries today are closed because the leaders couldn't make some hard calls, right? They got some invitation and they're just like, oh, it's too much. I don't want to be liable to someone getting COVID and dying. You know, and again, all these things are true, right? But again, risk management, elderly, please stay at home, young people, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> right? And, uh, and, and it worked out. I mean, it kind of worked out. And, and instead of actually declining, we actually increase. Right? In, 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 instead of failing and closing our door, we are actually thriving. This word that, that, that we made some hard calls. And so growing leaders, I'm speaking to you, sometimes you are required to make some hard calls to follow God. And it is not going to be popular. And people are going to hate you for that. Right? And question your leadership and so on. But, you know, and you may not have all the data. Just as we, we could only use the data that we, we had and make that call, you know. Okay, Shemaiah, Shemaiah, uh, this guy, hired prophet, okay, had this outward righteous uh, name. And, and his whole pedigree had this outward uh, righteous name. Do you know what it means? Uh, I thought I, I written them down. Let's see. Oh, yeah, there you go. God, Shemaiah means God heard. Uh, the son of Deliah, God had delivered. The son of Mehetabel, strength of God. So it's like, man, his whole family lineage is all these great, great names. You know, almost like an outward righteous pedigree, right? But actually they were hirelings, prophets for hire, right? And prophets for hire always prioritize themselves first, okay? John 10, 12 says, but he that is an hireling, referring to a shepherd, okay? He that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. Did you hear that? Right? Hirelings. Okay, so, so our, our last key point for the night. Beware to receive advice from just any Counselor. Okay. Beware to receive advice from just any counselors, especially from internet counselors. Right? YouTube counselors. Right? Uh, late night PBN counselors. Okay. Uh, hallway counselors, right? Those people like to meet you in the hallway and they're like, hey, I think I got a word of God for you, sister. Let me talk to you. I think God is asking, like telling me to marry you. <laughs> All right? You are the one. I just read this verse right there. I just want to show you, but hey, you don't have to do anything. You know? Right? So, so uh, beware to receive advice from just any counselors. Okay? If you hear something you're not sure of, okay? Uh, maybe even from someone you may respect. Okay, go up the chain of the, the structure of the local church. Okay, let me repeat that. If you're unsure, maybe, you know, sometimes you're just not sure, then just go up the chain. 
uh, and, and ask, like, hey, is that good advice? You know, for us, for us, it's the Bible study leader. So, right, so if you have any first, first line issues, go to your Bible study leaders. And if you don't, the Bible study leaders can't settle that issue, then you go to the fellowship leader. Okay, and if the fellowship leader can't settle the issue, then we go to the pastor, right? And then the pastor can't settle the issues, then we go as a, uh, uh, you know, the pastoral team, if you will. Right? So that's a, that's a structure in a local church. That's our structure. So do that, even if you're not like, hey, I'm not sure, man, that, that's, that sounds a bit weird. You know, that, that advice was a bit weird. You know, go for that. Okay, so, so what was the result of all of this, right? Uh, in, in verse 15 to 16. So the walls was finished in the 20 and fifth day of the month, Ilu, in 50 and two days. Oh my goodness, that was fast. I'm doing top-down construction in my new house. <laughs> And boy, uh, I, I feel like Nehemiah sometimes because we did do a lot, but not that, like this pace, okay? In 52 days, they got a lot done. Uh, and it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof and all the heathens that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes. Okay? They were not happy, right? That, man, they were able to accelerate the progress of building the walls. And again, the picture of that, is the people of God are thriving. There's stability, there's soberness. I'm not easily triggered. I have good doctrine in my life. I will not go to and fro in every wind of doctrine that's happening. And the people, right, the enemies are like, oh, angry, cast down in their own eyes. And, and they can't even deny. It says, for they perceive that this work was wrought of our God. Even the enemies agree that, man, it's only God who did that. Don't you want that testimony in your life that, you know, whatever that you are trusting God for in your ministry, that the only thing that can explain it, and even the lost people will say, it's only the hand of God. It wasn't us. It was the hand of God. You know? So, um, so in conclusion, so if you want to manage, okay, so I, you, can, you can put that. Right. Nehemiah managed his time and priorities well. His leadership enabled the wall to be completed in 52 days, which the heathen themselves acknowledged that this was only God's doing. So if you want to manage your time well to serve God, okay, we, we started with time management killers, right? Know that it is not simply being efficient, or scheduling everything well. It's more to that, right? Number one, we got to learn to say no to distractions. Number two, we got to say, uh, we got to learn to say no again. No, 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 right? To things that will hinder us from serving God, to prioritize God in our life. We have to remember that the accusations, right, are going to be persistent persistent in our life. And so we have to overcome accusations by, by prayer and the word. we got to be consistent because the enemy is consistent as well, right? And if you're not consistent in the word, then you're not going to have what you need in the armor of God to defend 
yourself from the fiery darts. Okay, and then if you're a leader, leader be bold to make hard calls. Be bold to make hard calls to follow God because your example matters. Your example matters. If you're caught like hidden when things are right falling out, and you're like, "Oh, I'm in the Bahamas," you know, <laughs> and you want to stop. That's not a good testimony, <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, yeah. Anyone went to Bahamas recently? Okay, and then and then last point there, you know, beware to receive advice from different pastors. Beware, because all of these things affect your time management. Yeah, time management killers. If you get the wrong advice, you change your trajectory. And you know, it will kill your time management aspect. Does that make sense? All right, let's pray. And I pray that you will respond to the message, right? Respond to your message. And the one way you can do that, man, is 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 just you yourself praying to God. And then, man, if you're man, if you're comfortable enough, man, share that in your small group. We're breaking up. We've got about 20-ish minutes to meet together. Please share, right? It is so important that we are able to bring things into the light, right? The more we hide stuff, the more things are not going to work out. we got to bring things into the light. And I, I just want to say, you know, this is a safe place, right? And, and, I thank God, you know, that I know of our Bible studies, um, man, to to not be, um, what's the word, you know, judgmental, right? Uh, but to to actually exhort people with the word of God. So I'm so thankful for our leaders here, for the members here. So I just want to say, if you're new here, man, welcome. Please come back again, right? Uh, man, the water is warm. And man, feel free to bring up anything. Uh, in response to the message tonight. Let's pray and then we'll break up into groups. Father, we, we thank you so much for your word. Uh, it is so rich and it's full of great wisdom that, um, that is just uh, awesome. And uh, God, I just pray uh, for all of us uh, to be able to not just understand and and you know, what, what has been said, but when it comes to trying times, when it comes to trials in our life, I pray that, that we remember, uh, especially these are the things that we need to apply right now so that we don't waste time. Because time is also a gift and time is a resource that's given to us and we need to be good stewards of our time. And so, Lord, help us to prioritize on the right thing so that our time is being profitable to you. And, and Lord, I, I, and it's so good because the byproduct of following you and serving you is the best results. It always is. And the byproduct of not following you is just bad results and misery and reproach as we see in your life. Lord, uh, help us to repent. Help us all to repent uh, from the things that we know uh, that we have believed a lie in our life. That is not true. Christ has paid it all. And I shouldn't uh, hang on to any bitterness, uh, any disappointment. Uh, I should let it go. And Father, I pray that you will remove strongholds from our life so that we can build 
and built and built quickly in 52 days or sooner. In Jesus' name, amen.